You're listening to Tea Up with your host, Dr. Hoji, the Electric Smoji. Jeremy, bring me something special today for the tea. Something like, uh, you know, I have some dear, dear guests coming. So something really good. Shall I bring ten chi, Dr. Smoji? No, I'm thinking something more robust. What about silver tips Darjeeling, sir? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And you know what? Go ahead and serve it with uh, cinnamon kale cakes and some berries. Oh, and Jeremy, okay, no noise. Please, the granite sanding is just gonna have to wait till tomorrow. Very good, Dr. Smoji. Daddy, oh, so glad you could make it just two hours late. You know, sometimes I ask myself, why did we become friends in the first place? You, it's 5 a.m. in the morning, you have me walking like 200 quiet, feet in the sand. Quiet, I haven't had meat quiet. for- Quiet, can you hear that? Can you hear that, Daddy, Wait, how did you hear that through the sand? I mean, the sound. Of nothingness. Oh, right, right, nothingness, yeah. Ah, okay, here comes Jeremy. Oh, breakfast, finally. And you know, Jeremy, could I get a couple of those Snickers muffins? You know, the new ones that Costco brought, and then they have, like, the Daddy, little... Uh... you know, the only pastry I have is gluten-free, flour-free, sugar-free, egg-free, dairy-free. So, muffin-free. Basically. But I want you to be... Daddy, you're free. Get it done. This isn't breakfast. I want you to cleanse your mojo and release all the ego inside yourself with this tea. Okay, look, Hoji, look. If I don't get some muffins in me pretty soon, the only thing that tea is going to be cleansing is my bowels. And I'll be releasing them all over that sea out over there. Okay, okay, cool down now. Okay, cool down. Now we're gonna drink tea in silence and, and meditation for 20 minutes. Siri... Set timer for 20 minutes. Okay, 20 minutes and counting. Oh, okay, but uh, I told a friend of mine he could come too, so... Okay, if he's a friend of yours, I assume he needs a lot of enlightenment. Oh, I think that's him. Chris! Chris, we're over here! Oh, this guy. The climate change denier who calls himself the prophet, right? (sighs) The prophet, yeah, but... The profit of ball, like it's it's a basketball only thing. So, um, and then on the whole climate change thing, I didn't. You totally misconstrued what I was saying. We were talking about the Lakers, and then all of a sudden, you start talking about droughts and something about a fish, and I just, you know, I, I you're stressing me out, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you. You're the guy 
who argued with Daddio about the Warriors and the Steph Curry. I, I gotta agree with Daddio, man. Despite the deliciousness of his name, the guy is a fad. What wins is one thing alone. Okay, and that's being a special kind of athlete. And I'm talking about your LeBron James, I'm talking about your Shaq, your Kobe, MJ, Magic, etc. You mean the type of athlete that Draymond Green is? Plus also that Andre Iguodala guy? Because honestly, Hoji, I'm a little surprised that you don't like the Warriors more. Seeing that Steve Kerr and your boy Luke Walton would do hot yoga before every game. Well, look, hot yoga is good, man. But, but you know, it's not just about doing some trendy exercise. You got, it's got to, you got to do the real stuff. Yeah, but Chris, that's my whole problem with the team, you know? It's like, I appreciate what Phil Jackson did for the Lakers, but that whole pseudo-spirituality stuff, you know, combined with the Warriors' laid-back style of play, it really backfired in the end because, look, they were like, you know, when things started going wrong for them, they didn't know how to react. They got punched in the mouth. The Cavs were physical with them. They didn't... They got, like, you know, you know totally discombobulated. You look, know? I... You know, I don't think that Steve Kerr doing yoga with Luke Walton had anything to do with their collapse. Their collapse was as simple as tons of stuff going wrong, or I guess as complex as tons of stuff going on. You can't just pick one thing and say, you know, maybe if they weren't so philosophical, they wouldn't have lost. You know, so many things... Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of things were wrong, but I was saying, look, it's like you have LeBron, and then you have... I mean, Steph, he functions within the system. You got the all the other shooters, you got the, the passing, and the... And then you have Anderson Vergeau. Yeah, no, I mean, they have physical guys. I'm saying their success, you know, it depends on everything going right. And so when the Cavs start grabbing them and not letting them do their illegal screens and all the... The whole thing falls apart. You know what I'm saying? Or yes. And I agree that the Warriors' physicality is a little bit different, but... All right, guys, uh, look, I, I, I really have a lot of work to do today, okay? I, I'm recording some guitar riffs for a new show on CBS called Man with a Plan, starring uh, Matt LeBlanc. So, you know what, maybe you can just take your little chisel shatter over there by that uh, statue of Mick. You see, Mick Jagger, my friend Mick, he gave me that statue of himself. So just go and uh, stand by it. Look, like I was saying, it's not like a couple of things went wrong with the Warriors. It, it's everything fell apart for them at the last minute. And you, it's just not one of those things where you can say, well, okay, you know, three-point shooting doesn't work. Or, you know, well, like, damn, I guess philosophy is out the window. Because if that was your argument, then you would, you would have made the same argument last year when everything fell apart for the Cavs. I mean, sometimes fate is just fate. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean, that was injuries. I don't know. I mean, look, like, I'm saying like this, look. Okay, so Draymond got suspended. And I know people say, oh, the NBA, whatever, they want more games, whatever. Technically, he should have been suspended. So let's just stop that, okay? That technically... Well, what, does that, what does that even mean? No, I mean, look, it was technically a flagrant one, and he had enough flagrants. He gets the suspension, okay? Yeah, it was a bad time to be so strict by the rule book or whatever. But I mean, what? We're going to let him kick, you know, keep kicking everybody there? Does the, rule book, does the rule book really say anything about not kicking people in the NBA inside stuff? Uh, I mean, that is a flagrant if, I, if there's ever a flagrant, right? But look, look, here's what I'm saying, look. Okay, 
everybody is saying, oh, that's when the whole, even Steve Curry is making excuses. You could see in his body language that he was just, you know, he went from this, everything went right for the Warriors the past two years, right? I mean, last year, it was like Steve Curry's first year. They win the championship. Steph Curry goes from being a borderline also. I mean, I thought he deserved to be an all-star like a year or two earlier, but he just made his first all-star, I think, like the previous year or something. Anyways, he goes from like borderline all-star to like MVP, uh, Steve Kerr goes from a guy who almost had the Knicks job to, oh, he's the greatest coach, whatever, they're winning the championship. Everything just went so fast that they had no idea about the adversity, what it looks like, right? Well, well, let me stop you there, because when your head coach is Mark Jackson for multiple years in a row, you know what adversity is. <laughs> oh, let's not, oh, you and the Mark Jackson. You and the Mark Jackson again. Look, let's just put the Mark Jackson to the side for a second. Just listen. Look, hold it. Hear me out. For a second. Hold it. Because I want to make sure we get back in time for when Hoji actually brings some real food. But look, if you, you know, if you look at uh, the suspension, they say, oh, this is mentioned. No one was going to stop LeBron James in that, what was it, game five. No one was going to stop him. Because you know what? Because why? Because not only was Draymond not there, and yeah, Draymond brings the physicality, but Clay Thompson made the stupid mistake of going after LeBron James. They for, you forget, people forget that LeBron LeBron James, as great as he is physically, mentally, you know, the guy, he's not Michael Jordan. He's not, you know, he's not going to go totally like, I'm going to destroy you every single game, especially in terms of scoring, right? Like he can, he can be a little tepid sometimes uh, scoring, you know? That's why he likes having the Dwayne Ways, the Kyries. He likes having these, you know, guys who is the, in the big moments, they want to shoot and stuff. Anyway. So my point is this, is that LeBron, Clay Thompson, those guys, they did something where they just triggered this beast in LeBron James. No one was going to stop in that game five, okay? And, uh, and, and after that, and then the game six, everybody knew they were going to win the game. I you didn't. know, was, I, have to, I have to side with Hoji on this one. This is the problem with some of you NBA meatheads, okay? The, it, it's all of that philosophy and heart and hustle and oh LeBron James just switched something on none of that stuff is real and tangible it's just the bottom line is they barely lost two out of those three games and if Steph Curry had been right if Anderson Vergeau hadn't played 20 something minutes okay the Steph Curry being right thing let's take the Steph Curry being right okay okay he had all these open shots right he has all these open shots and he's missing Okay, you want to say that's rust or I don't think you get the rust after like two, you know, and he was, he was, he looked pretty good against the Trailblazers, right? I mean, Steph Curry, LeBron James was in Steph Curry's head. You cannot deny that. LeBron James was in his head. LeBron James, after that block, that last one, Steph Curry came up to him to say something. I don't know what he was going to say to him. You know, he's just a cute little kid. He comes up, talks to LeBron, just this like beast. He comes to talk to LeBron James and LeBron says, are we okay? And then he's like saying, remember that? I mean, like, when has Steph Curry looked like anything but a little angel, you know? I mean, they just fell apart mentally, you know? They just, and it was bound to happen. I mean, you don't go from borderline playoff team to champion. And also, it's not like, like I said before, it's not like, it's not like you had a Reggie Miller or a Carl Malone or whatever, these guys who've been, you know, for years and years and years, they're getting deep into the playoffs and they finally get the, you know, these guys, I don't know how much they really appreciated what they accomplished last year at such a young age because they didn't go through it. They didn't go through the normal stages. Like, let's say like Durant and these guys, who's every year they're getting closer and closer. You know well, I mean? so here's the thing, Daddy. Um, and I have to give you a little bit of credit on that point. The thing is, is that that's only one of the many variables that had to go wrong. Because, like, the, 
you're right. You know, they, they don't have that underdog mentality. They have never had that underdog mentality. They didn't have that fire inside of them. But the bottom line is that they wouldn't have needed that if some of these things had gone right. That's how it went last year, and that's how it went against the Thunder, and that's how it probably would have gone in the finals if so many things hadn't fallen the wrong way for them. So, you know, the, the most that you could say about this type of warrior mentality, um, which is ironic, but we'll put that aside, um, the most that you can say about this warrior mentality is that it was only one of multiple elements that went against them in a very, very, very close series. It's not like LeBron took over and then blew them out of the water. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. My point, I'm not saying the Cavs were even the better team. I'm not even saying that. I understand. I'm just saying it shouldn't have come to that, you know? And and LeBron, look, you, the Cavs aren't nearly as, I don't want to say nearly as talented because they might have the same approximate same number of all-stars or whatever. I mean, like, to, but, uh, you know, the way the Warriors were structured, like built together, and then the system that was put in place for them, it's perfect almost, right? Um, so, but anyways, the, it, you know what's weird about the Warriors is that, yeah, they were so close, like you said, all the time, uh, regular season. When, and now they're trying to get Kevin Durant. I mean, like... That makes both sides look kind of bad, in my opinion. Like, be, keep Harrison Barnes, the guy who helped you in the championship, okay? Get his jump shot back or whatever you got to do. Just have some have some pride. You know, it's like... Well, I, they helped him lose the championship. Fine. He was horrible. No, my point is this. It's like, go, let's go get Durant. Like, that's just the weak, you know? It's just like the easy way out, you know? And it's like... and then Sort of like, let's go get Kevin Love. Look at this. You okay, know? so from Durant, let's talk from Durant's perspective. Okay, and then, and I just saw today he goes to talk to the Knicks. I don't know what this kid is thinking. I don't know if he just wanted to get a free trip to New York. I don't know what, but okay. So he goes to talk to the Knicks. Okay, uh, that I can understand, believe it or not, because it's like okay, big city New York. You can be a legend if you do something there, and then they didn't make the playoffs, so you could actually be seen as the savior. All that I get that. Okay, uh, you know, but Durant to the Warriors. I mean, like. You're going to probably not even lead your team in scoring. And this guy is maybe one of the top five scorers of all time in his prime. I mean, think about that. Like, why would some... I mean, you know, it was different with LeBron. Because LeBron doesn't see himself as a pure scorer. And, and I still... I was very much against him going to my... Not just the whole decision thing. Well, but. I don't think Kevin Durant sees himself as a pure scorer either. Anyways, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't know how to say it. It just feels wrong. Well, you know, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of Shaq going to a stacked Lakers team. He didn't go to a stacked Lakers team. I mean, Shaq? No, they weren't stacked. They were like barely playoffs. They had Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, Toby. We had no idea what it was yet. Um, they uh, had Eldon Campbell. And... Well, I mean, since he showed up, all these playoff veterans showed up. And it's just basically, it was the same thing as like your boy LeBron. When he went to Miami, all of a sudden Shane Battier is there and Mike Miller comes from the Grizzlies. No, no, no. Shaq didn't go to the Lakers thinking he's going to win a championship right away because that was his best. He went to the Lakers because it was L.A. and he thought he would have a rap career or a film career or whatever. Okay? So, no, I don't think this... It's like, just like good teams. Other than Jerry Vest, I don't think anybody knew how great Kobe was going to be. But let's stop. You know, I don't know how you always make this about Shaq. You always want to take these shots at poor Shaq. Look, Shaq, let's leave Shaq out of it. Let's, we're talking about Durant. 
I imagine, I'm thinking from Durant's perspective, because I know these players, when they have success together and they're young and they grow together, they tend to want to stay together. And Serge Ibaka, he seems to be a good teammate, right? I don't know about that. There are rumblings oh, really? of some discontent. Oh, I didn't know that. But my point is this, is that like, like Victor Oladipo, poor man's Russell Westbrook or something. I mean, the guy, you know, uh, he doesn't have a jump shot. I remember reading about him before that he came to the NBA, that like he had just learned to shoot recently or he was, you know, he's more of an athlete than NBA than basketball player. And look, I, you know, I agree with you, but last year he turned into an all right jump shooter. But look, do you remember when they, do you remember when they brought him, they put him on the bench and they went on that run? They started winning a lot. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, the big problem with the Thunder, with their uh, mega-death lineup, I think is what the media were calling it, the big problem there was the same problem that the Thunder have had for time immemorial. Basically, they have four out of five players on offense because they can't get a good player who can be a threat. So someone's always double-teamed on the Thunder. They can either double-team Russell or they can double-team Kevin Durant. And sometimes at their worst, they can double-team both. And now they have a player, Victor Oladipo, who you can't just leave wide open. He will make you pay for that. And then on defense, he's better than anyone else they've ever had the option of using. So I feel like Victor Oladipo is a pretty good pickup. Yeah. No, from the perspective of someone like you, it might be better. I'm saying from the perspective of someone like Durant. So you have this, maybe, I don't know, if maybe they had some friction there. But I'm saying you have this long-term teammate who you had all this success. You grew up together, basically. And they trade him right before you're about to make a free agent decision. I know there, it, it could be interpreted like, oh, they're like, we're going to shake things up and, and we're going to be better. We're going to make a better team. But I'm just say, anyways, yeah, it, it, could, it could maybe be the thing that brings Durant back. Who knows? But uh, I just hope he doesn't go to the Warriors. But look, so you get rid of Ibaka. And then what? You put Cantor next to uh, Adams, I, I assume, right? So, maybe in the starting lineup. But this pickup was more about the playoffs and closing games. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, Ibaka was a yeah, great blocker and stuff. And so now, would you... But in closing lineups, Kevin Durant needs to be playing the four anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyways, it, who knows? Who knows, really? Speaking of Durant, uh, after the... You know, we had the draft not too long ago, and a lot of people... And I was... Look, I love Brandon Ingram. I was so happy that it worked out that we got Ingram. I mean, I'm sure Ben Simmons could be great, but I really felt like Ingram really, really is going to fit in with our team. But the one thing that kind of really I don't get is the comparing him to Durant. I, I get the comparison, but let's not expect him to be as good offensively as Kevin Durant. Okay, let's just get that. Uh, Kevin Durant, when he was, because they were both one and dunce, right? Kevin Durant, when he was at Texas, okay, he looked like a, a you know, a seven foot guard. You know, he looked, he in isolation, he was brilliant. His, his, his you know, uh, his shooting range was much deeper than Ingram. Yeah. He did that whole hop and shoot thing. He had it was just beautiful. I mean, you're talking about the 18 year old, right? Uh, Ingram, Ingram. He, I like how he attacks the basket. I like his length. He gets some shot. Yeah. Like you know, there are different but, players. Uh, and yeah, he grew eight inches in, since his high school freshman year. And he played on a Duke team that was stacked, so his usage rate wasn't as high as Durant's and all that. So he has a lot of room to grow. Um, he has that crossover, and uh, but I just don't I don't think he's not nearly as versatile of a scorer as Durant. 
and so I think he's going to be, which which might his that the fact that he's not as great of a scorer, it might mean that we'll see him more in the alley oops and stuff with D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. We might see a little bit more fast breaking kind of style with him. Maybe he can focus on his defense a little bit more, you know, instead of. So I mean, who knows? But let's not let's not imagine that Ingram, in two years, is going to be getting twenty five points a game the way Durant did his second year. Ingram may or may not get twenty five points a game. But the bottom line is, he's not going to be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is more than just a guy, even like Kobe, who's once in a generation. We've never seen and might never see again a player like Kevin Durant. So stapling a Kevin Durant comparison to Ingram is just setting him up to fail. He could be great. He could get that 25 points a game that you just mentioned. But the bottom line is, he's not Kevin Durant and he won't be Kevin Durant. And if that's the bar that we're setting for him to develop into, then it's just unrealistic. You know, I, you know these rumors about the, the Lakers, and I know they were really dumb rumors, okay? But, you know, with the LeBron and the, who else, Durant, and I just, I don't like that direction. I don't like, you know, I don't want to mm. see the Lakers, and those guys, those are the top tier free agents. But even the lesser ones, like Al Horford, some fans wanted Al Horford or whatever. I don't want to see the Lakers go after these veterans that don't fit with the young core. And what I definitely don't want to see is the Lakers, like, make some desperation move in free agency uh, the way the Knicks traded for Derrick Rose. Well, because uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know my feelings from episode 88 of Almighty Ball on the Almighty Podcast that I recorded with your deranged co-host. Wait, he's, uh, you gotta, yeah, uh, he's, he probably <laughs> didn't have his tea yet. That was probably what... Uh, yeah, but, but my point is this. Like, you know, with like... You know, like Derrick Rose, uh, the the Knicks, they had the, who did they have? They got, they got Stephon Marbury. I think he was still in his prime, around his prime when they got him. But, you know, that didn't really work out. He had had a couple of injuries, couple but of injuries. He, yeah. he was uh, not that far away from Derrick Rose, actually. Yeah, you had the, him, and then you had Steve Francis, who was definitely not in his prime, but he was still young. But Steve Francis was one of those weird ones who just fell Steve off. Steve Francis just never cared. <laughs> Steve Francis yeah, doesn't like basketball. <laughs> yeah, Steve Francis just fell off a cliff, right? Yeah. And then you had, oh, I, oh this one obviously, but you had like Baron Davis, remember? Like, mm-hmm. my point is like, they have a history of like, hey, I want an athletic point guard. I don't care if he's washed up or he's whatever, you know, or like just washed up players. Like, they got all these older, like these, these it's like, because they don't know how to draft, they're like, oh, but we're the Knicks. We have to be flashy. We yeah. have to, you know. They take, take all these shortcuts and look where it gets them. And like with Derrick Rose, honestly, I think Phil Jackson is smart enough to know that you're not going to, you know, Derrick Rose is going to push you over the top, but maybe he can bring you a Dwight Howard. Maybe he can bring you a Joakim Noah. Maybe he can bring, you know, so he's thinking maybe we can add some veterans and maybe I can look, yeah. you know, not so bad, you know, and maybe Melo, uh, because what else am I going to do? We don't have any like top picks. Yeah. It, well, I, I think that's the bottom line is, you know, we were talking about Kevin Durant, and we were talking about his free agent possibilities. You know, just as well as he does, that it would be insanity to go to New York. So I think what happens with Phil Jackson and with James Dolan, the owner, is that they want to make a short-term move to make their fans happy because they're so sick of always being the scourge of the big city. But they can't pull it off, so they're frantic to get a guy like Derrick Rose, like Stefan Marbury, like Andrea Bargnani. It isn't, Oof. yeah, right? Oh my God. It, it isn't, or, or 
if you remember Amari Stoudemire, that didn't work out so hot. Well, Amari Stoudemire, yeah, I was against that at the time, I remember, but uh, at least he was once great. Well, so, I mean, Derek, Derek Rose was great. No, I'm saying Bargnani. Oh. Oh. That guy was god. I mean, that guy was. I, I mean, Bargnani, like, they're still kicking themselves from that Bargnani trade. The Raptors got the ninth pick in the draft this year. Still from then, it's insane. I know, it's crazy. And, like, the Raptors didn't only want to pay him his contract. It was one of those ones where the Knicks should have gotten anyways. But, like, you know, like, getting back to Rose, like, I was like, let me see. And I didn't get to see too much Derek Rose. Let me go back and look at his highlights from last year, right? And so I look at his and it says Vintage D. Rose. <laughs> it's, you know, it says, it says Vintage D. Rose. And I'm thinking, this guy's 27 years old, and they're saying Vintage. <laughs> You know, I mean, what does that tell That's you? That's a about bad him? sign. That's a bad sign, right? And then, like, and and they, oh, he looks like the old D Rose. There's a whole highlight of like his acrobatic layups where he's like doing these herky jerky moves and he's getting around people, but it's like he's in between turning it over and like laying it in like off some weird angle, right? People, I hope people remember what Derrick Rose was before the injury, and I blame Tom uh, Thibodeau for the injury because Derrick Rose had all these minor injuries. And then they kept pushing him and pushing him. And then in the playoffs, you know, at the end of a game that they're winning by double digits, they have their MVP, like, in the last minute. And he had all these lingering injuries. And there's his ACL. I blame... But anyways... I wrote... I actually wrote an article about that on almightyballer.com. It was the Bulls, apostrophe S, S word. And uh, basically, yeah, that article was in large part a memoriam or in memoriam of the player that Derrick Rose once was because he was fantastic. I mean, he was an MVP caliber player. I think it probably should have gone to LeBron that year. But still. Yeah, I do too. But they like mixing it up sometimes. But look, but look like, I was like saying, like, like, we talk about Russell Westbrook. He blows us away right now, right? He blows us away. Uh, but when Derrick Rose got injured, we were looking like, who's the next Derrick Rose? And it was like, Russell Westbrook is the closest thing. He's not, you know, Derrick Rose, okay, was doing those Zach Levine dunk-off dunks on people in big games and, like, deep into the playoffs, like, against the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, okay? He was just, like, he was, like, on the trampoline going over dunking on, like, top players, okay? And he was absorbing contact and finish. It was amazing. Yeah. And that... That image is probably in the heads of the Bulls fans who are so upset that they lost Derrick Rose. Uh, but what I saw last year, I don't know. I mean, they say he got a little better, but I don't know when he's not a great jump shooter. And he had one dunk all last year, which happened to be, oh, guess who? It was against the Knicks. So maybe that's why they traded for him. They said, oh, that old Derrick Rose, vintage, you know, he dunked. Doc Rivers syndrome. Yeah, exactly, Doc Rivers. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, Al Hassan pointed that. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, but it's possible that what Phil Jackson is thinking, um, but, you know, who knows what he's thinking anymore after uh, all the mind-altering substances that have uh, worn on him over the years. But what Phil Jackson might be thinking is that they didn't give up all that much. They gave up Robin Lopez, who may or may not be a starting quality center, um, and then they gave up I mean that's just about it. No, but they the young point guards, Jeremiah Grant or whatever. Jerry and Grant was Jerry a garbage can. <laughs> was he? Yeah. I didn't see him play, but and I was just saying he was like a lot he was a mid round mid first round pick, right? Yeah, and you know, we were just talking about the Knicks luck with picks and I mean, trust me, Jerry and Grant Jose Calderon was starting over Jerry and Grant. Yeah. Calderon. Um I I'm saying I'm saying that there's 
you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's a questionable move, but I understand the logic behind it because Phil Jackson might be thinking to himself, if there's any chance, you know, you were saying like vintage Derrick Rose, he's not vintage. He's 27 years old. Maybe that's there still. And I feel like that's what he has to be thinking. It's a long shot, but it's a shot. And, uh, you know, maybe the Zen master can pull it off. I mean, speaking of Zen Master, it's uh, maybe we should go check on Hoji. That's oh man, I was hoping. Yeah, you. I mean, it's it's the food is kind of gross, but it's still food. You know what I mean? I feel like we probably aren't going to see any fish, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we we uh, we should go back before he hurts himself. Oh, there you are! You guys are just back in time to meet my spiritual guide and the reincarnation of Racha of the Southern Pole. I'm talking about Guru Shambo. Good morning to you, dearest Guru Shambo. Blessings, blessings to you. Guru Shambo has just returned from one of his deepest states of meditation. I'm talking about the hyperspace, light speed, super liminal state of meditation. I'm talking about the meditation that flushes other meditations down the toilet. Wow, really great. Oh my gosh, you don't get it. Guru Shambo has just returned from the future. He went so deep into his own soul that he literally went into the future. Now, now, Guru, what's the biggest, most important thing we should know about the future? I mean, what's it going to be? Is it going to be ecological devastation? The, uh, devastation? It's going to be war, pestilence, Donald Trump, the, the Celtics actually picking up a star. Two words. Yes, 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 please. Giant ants. Ah. The world will be run by giant ants in the year 2012. Um, but master, it's... Uh... It's already the year 2016. Oh, then I will have to leave you. I've come back to the wrong year. But what's going to happen this year? Well, first the Lakers are going to get Hassan Whiteside in free agency, which will help their young develop on defense. Brandon Ingram is going to be better than advertised, meaning yes, he will win rookie of the year. And Luke Walton will get the team to the ninth seed, a 40-42 and record. But in the 2017 season, they will make the playoffs and even have a new team song. Turn that frown upside down in Lake Town. Amazing. Ah, uh, freaking amazing. And now Shambo must leave you. I'm so glad that guy is gone. He's spooky. That is because you have yet to truly understand Shambo's message, I suggest you go to buy tickets to watch him sleep tonight at the Michael Landon uh, Community Center in Malibu. You know, Hoji, you might be able to use SeatGeek to get tickets to the Michael Landon Community Center in Malibu, although I find that hard to believe. But, Hoji, I think you should keep in mind, anytime you want to go see whatever new age funky speaker or whatever music you listen to, you can use the promo code ALMIGHTY to get the best deal possible on your seats. And I know that you might not use money and you might do your trades in seashells or something. But if you ever feel like you want to enter the modern economy, then download SeatGeek on the App Store for iPhones, Android, Google phones. Use the promo code ALMIGHTY to get a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. And uh, tell your friends to do that too. 
Okay, now you just need to leave. I'm sorry. You, you come to my zero carbon estate and you try to push a capitalist agenda. Okay, I'm sorry. Just please leave. Come on, relax, man. Why are you keeping attacking me? And what happened to Zen, man? Jeremy? Sir, I'm afraid you'll have to leave now. First you leave out on my recording and now you're kicking me out. Whatever, I don't need this. Daddy, I'll see you at the tournament on Venice Beach. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Shambo teaches us that we should eat with our hearts, cough with our mouths, love with our eyes, and Zumba with our feet. Oji, I think I'm gonna go as well. Costco opens in like another 20 minutes. Listen, Jeremy, we need to have some sort of code, okay, for when I want you to let people in and when I say I do, but I actually don't, okay? Like Phil, Phil Jackson, he's a friend who's a friend. But Matthew Perry, he's a friend who's really more of an acquaintance. Or like uh, Liam Neeson, okay? He's a friend, but he's scary. So just, you know, tell him I'm on tour or in the hospital for plastic surgery or, or something like that. Miley Cyrus, sir? Well, she, she's uh, okay, but just come in and interrupt our conversation with like an urgent phone call after six or seven minutes. Yes, of course, Dr. Hoji. Jeremy, honestly, you are the best. The best. Why, thank you, sir.